Passion, drive, and patience. That's the formula for winning championships and is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. They have superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much, much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, they've got it all ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber and not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins let's keep your ride or die alive today at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. I just said I think the whole shampoo body wash debate is a little for the marketing. Like, you don't need both. Sure, you know, both is good. But you can get away with one or the other. All right, so would you rather have shampoo on your body or body wash on your hair? Shampoo on my body, 100%. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey, guys. Welcome to a season finale episode of Actions Detrimental. I'm Denny Hamlin, driving number 11 for Joe Gibbs Racing. And my co-host is Jared Allen, um, Purple Vest 560. However, I anticipate that changing for next year. Really? Yeah, we got to send them back, and I assume I'll probably get a new number. I feel bad for whoever has to wear 560. That's a hell of a burden to carry. Well, we have to change that. <laughs> we have to put in a call. That you have to get the same number. All right. Well, you're gonna have to put in a call then. Hmm. Wonder who we got to call there. Okay. <laughs> well, if you're listening. Uh, Jared's going to need his number back, 560. That's his identity. It's like your face. We need the fans to tweet at NASCAR. and like, we, we need the fans to take this lead for us. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, they do. They yelled at, out. At NASCAR. Hey, 560. They do it all the time. Yeah. That's why I said if, if somebody else had that number next year, that would be a heck of a, a burden to carry. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, off track stuff, dirt. You know, we didn't have much except for uh, maybe a couple of pickleball matches this week. Um, uh, yeah, we can just get into the truck stuff, right? Sure. <laughs> I mean, we can if you want to skip it. It's just not. I mean, my, I got it's one just arm. Not my favor to to talk about. This. I got one arm, so I just figure this would be your best shot. That's not true. You were wor- you were way worse last year. Well, yes. I've gotten better over time, but I've right. But to say you have one arm is is not fair. That's, that's it is not, absolutely it's fair. It's not. It's not okay. The the uh, the performance at least does not show that. Mm. Well, it's luckily this game elder people can play like myself, and we don't have to move around much. We don't have to swing hard. We can just kind of put it in spots where. You can't get to it. Shouldn't you have gotten better over the, since last year too, Jared? Oh, like that's no. kind of how sports works. Like you progress. I just I just don't play that much, um, and rely on a um, a natural athletic ability. 
<laughs> to to carry me through. Um, that's a joke. I don't have a natural athletic ability. Um, but anyway, what what Denny's getting out here? He wants to to say that he beat me two games you to zero. It. Yeah. In pickleball, this uh, this bet that we've had going for the majority of the season, mm. he won. He beat me twice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And that's it. All right. Thank you. That's all we need. Moving on. Uh, the Truck Series. What a show that was. I mean, what a show. It was... It was, <laughs> it was f***ing terrible. I don't even know how else to put it. I mean, it was... <sighs> Just one of those things where, um, hey, are you hitting a button every time I cuss? Yeah. Is it a marker yeah. button? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, that's good observation by you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you put it again, but if you cuss like close <laughs> to each other, I'm not going to like oh. try to separate it. I've been missing a few lately, so I'm trying to be more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we know. We know. <laughs> well, I've, I've, all right, I know my mom's listening. I got to back her down. Okay. Um, it was just not good. Uh, it wasn't a good look and, and obviously it's kind of old news now and people kind of forget about it, but man, what a, what a terrible precedent that set, um, just for how to race for a championship and whatnot. Um, just generally speaking, uh, just how guys drove each other anyway. I mean, I don't know why they thought that, well, it's the last race, so I can just, you know, grind all my axes right here in this race. Like a lot of the wrecks weren't even some championship contender guys that are going for it. They're just a part-time guy wrecking a full-time guy or a full-time guy wrecking a part-time guy. It was just, I, I just don't get it. They just lost their brains and, you know, maybe they watched the Xfinity race from the previous week and, and saw that it was okay. And, um, and now are doing this on the regular. So, yeah, just not a good look. Um, you know, I worry. You know, I, I I worry about the long term stuff of like you know when you do nothing about it. And and you, you saw my my tweet on X just basically saying you know this is what happens when you don't have rules or officiating, and it's you know you get a messy product. And and so I I definitely stand by that because I believe in the long term. Um, you're not gaining any new fans by by allowing that to happen. Uh, I believe, now this is my just my opinion, that you take the casuals that watch it and say, This isn't this isn't a real sport. Like they just knock each other out of their way. They just wreck each other. It's like a demo derby. I can watch that on Saturday Saturday night at my local track. Like it's we're supposed to be professionals, right? So it just, in my opinion, <clears throat> is a bad look. And, you know, if you want to sit at the adult's table for dinner, you have to act like an adult. And none of them acted like an adult. And, you know, I, I saw where one of the owners is like, you know, I wouldn't hire any of those guys. I, I agree. I mean, is it is the problem, though, really no rules or no officiating? Like, is that really the answer? Is <laughs> yes. this come down to the people? I believe in the, so. Because racing the cars. Yeah. So it's to me, it's the same as the restart zone. Right. We said, hey, this is getting out of hand. And so what NASCAR did is then they said, okay, we'll we'll get involved. So when they saw some bad restarts and guys laying back, they then called it. Well, I I looked at Phoenix and the field is bunched up. Right. I mean, Phoenix is a different racetrack anyway. You don't the runs are a little different. But 
it only takes a couple calls for them to say, you know what, we are going, we're not going to put up with this circus. You know, you're not going to just keep sending us under caution every, every 10 seconds. Like that's not good for us. Um, to make a call and say that was deliberate. We watched you not only hit the person, but then gas up and keep going. Like never give the person. Ch- you don't have to call the racing incidences. And I even someone even mentioned, um, well, do you call like for an instance? Do you call the coast Carson Hostevar and Corey Heimreck? Right. No, no. That that was a racing incident. However. What we saw is bad driving on restarts where people jammed it in, ran into someone's bumper, and then just kept driving until they spun them out. Or the person who ran directly into, I think it was the 25 truck, just just deliberately took them out into turn three. Like that's that is deliberate and it's it's just not a good look. Um, so I think that. It just takes you to make one deliberate call. You're, there's going to be 10 of these instances at the clash. They, they could use the clash as an example to say, okay, if this gets out of hand, like it keeps the clash keeps getting more and more like that truck race in, in Phoenix. Every time we go there, it gets more and more like it where people just are accepting of, all right, I'm going to power drive you into then the car in front of you and that guy will get either wrecked or spun and I'll move up a spot. Like that's what mentality is going on right now. You got to stop it. If you stop it once or twice, you'll have a, a the racing that we're supposed to see. I mean, can't you just have like, like to me, this is just all a problem with the drivers in the truck series. Like you mm-hmm. don't have this issue on Saturday and you don't because have, they have no on- discipline. Right. So to me, then, then this is way bigger than just creating a bunch of a couple of rules for the children's table. Like, this is the problem with the people at the table. Yeah, I mean, that that's what I'm saying, Jared. I don't right, right. know but, where the confusion is. Okay, but I'm saying is that um, you have three tables, and one table is acting up all the time. Instead of creating rules just for that table, just it's don't have... It's not ha- just that series. We saw it in Xfinity, same thing, last week. I mean, the truck series. And is, then the is, cup, is, I just mentioned that we're gonna. it's going to happen in the clash, unless... The adult, which is NASCAR, I'm calling them the adult, says to the children, no, that is, that's not how you're supposed to do this. We're a professional stock car series. Act accordingly. Right. I just feel like this truck race on whatever it was, Friday, um, is way different than what we're going to see at the Clash. <laughs> it's way more egregious. Travis, tell him. No Dude, way. It was a mess this past year. An absolute Everyone just mess. kept piling into each other I understand, until but someone this, spun. But this this truck race was way different, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, you got a bunch of guys racing for the championship, and you got six cautions at the end. It wasn't six, but um, I'm just throwing the number out there. And you've got one with three laps to go. Is Corey Heim, you know, paying back Carson Hosefar with with three to go that alters the ending of the truck race? Like that's just way different than the clash. The circumstances are just completely. Okay, what about the Xfinity the week before? I mean, it was never ending. It was. It's the same thing. It's somebody in sixth was mad that somebody in fourth bumped them thirty laps ago, so they just plow into them on a restart and wreck them. I just feel like you're opening up a, a can of worms by having to 
make calls on all these things? Uh, it's not going to be a regular occurrence because when the driver understands the repercussions is I have to go to the back and my race is over, they will stop it. It is self-policing in that way. And instead, the, the old Bill France way, oh, well, it will self-police itself. That's right. what's happening out there. Someone is bumping someone, and then someone's taking it to the next level and wrecking the shit out of them. That's, that's what's going on on the track. That's self-policing. That's what's going on. These guys aren't doing it for no reason. It's because that person may have ran them slightly up the track a lap before. So what, they're just crashing them. But what about when the correct call isn't made? Like, what happens when... It, it needs to be blatant and obvious. I, I don't understand. There's, there's many instances where it is blatant and obvious. Those are the ones that you make the call on. Okay. Okay. It's, I, I, it's a ball and strike, Jared, just like anything else. It's. I get it. I just feel like the majority of those are 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 coming from guys mid pack anyway, where the 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 uh, the punishment it, it so you're isn't going to be. I don't, like, it's just not going to change anything. I don't know. I mean, the cars tour they can officiate it. Do you think they have the infrastructure NASCAR does? No. Okay. Well, they're 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 putting blatant wrecks to the back. I will say to Jared's defense, I think there will be, a, you say it's balls and strike. Well, how many times is a, a ball called a strike? Like there's going right. to be some incidents. So then how do you deal with that? Same. Like, I feel like you're, I feel like you're, you're solving a problem, but you're potentially creating another problem. I, I don't disagree. There's a cause and effect for everything, but missing a call versus not doing anything is is worse for the overall sport in the long run. We this is not a joke of a series. Like we are the top three series in motorsports in the U.S. Officiate it accordingly. I don't understand why that's so hard. They used to park Dale Earnhardt for for a lap or two laps when he would when he blatantly wrecked someone. That's been around for a ton for a long time. And then what happened is NASCAR figured probably, well, there's, that's actually kind of good for the sport. But then people have just taken it too far. They've taken the, the gap that they've given, the rope that they've been given is they're, they're just taking too much of it. So you, you got to reel that back now. How many times do you think it would take for, na for the drivers to get the message? Couple? Couple. Just a couple. That's fine. I mean, it, it, it just a couple is fine. Um, but anyway, we were nearly right with Grant Enfinger just out of the blue winning the thing. He probably should have. And, you know, when you look at kind of how the last part of the race played out, uh, you know, it was very disappointing to see uh, Carson wreck Corey Heim. Uh, Corey was raced him clean. He took his time getting around him. He was methodical to you know, in the way that he passed him and then the 42 of Carson attempted to hit him once and he did and it it didn't get him enough out of shape. So then he attempted to hit him again and then is crying tears that he wrecked him afterwards. Like, I, what did you think was going to happen? Like, there's a very fine line between moving someone up the racetrack and then 
you know, for instance, like Larson did Blaney, right? He was trying to slow. He knew what was going to happen. He was trying to delay when it was going to happen. So he's trying to either get one more caution. If he can delay that, that pass for a handful more laps, then that gives him an opportunity to, if the race goes green, then there's less laps in the race. So he's going to finish less, you know, not as far in front of me. And then maybe I'll have a shot later or, I'll get a caution, stay my track position in front of them, and then you never know what can happen on another restart. So what we saw with the five and the 12 in the cup race, that was executed correctly. That was Larson trying to make an attempt to delay the inevitable with the 12 car that was that was faster than him and, and was going to pass him. The, the 42 just wiped him out and then was, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for that to happen. Oh, yes, you did. You meant to hit him and knock them out of shape. And the difference in the amount of force it takes to knock someone out of shape versus spin them out is a very small margin, like entirely small, very, very small. So he noticed that he didn't get them out of shape the, enough the first time, so he was trying to do it again um, to, you know, you can argue whether he meant to knock them out of the way or, or wreck them or whatever. It doesn't matter. The result was the same that he spun the championship leader who had just passed him clean. So it was, uh, you know, I obviously not a good look. I, you know, the, Tyler Reddick tweeted something. I retweeted it because I believe, I believe what he said. Uh, Martin Truex made some pointed comments about it. I believe what he said. Um, I'll just, I'll just agree with what those guys are saying and that um, he's got a long way to go. For sure, especially racing on Sunday, he's got a very, very long way to go. That tweet from Reddick was this dumb <laughs> will never learn. Yeah, I mean he will learn. It's just going to take a. Uh, it appears it's going to take a very, very long time because he doesn't learn very well. Although um, we were just singing his praises here a couple weeks ago. Yeah, which is ironic. Yeah, I mean I think because of the performance that he's had, uh, right, winning races and whatnot. Um, yeah, he went through a, a definitely a, a phase in the middle of the summer where he wasn't crashing people all the time. Um, it stemmed from remember Martinsville, he hooked right rear, hooked somebody. Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen a little bit of this stuff happening in the cup race. I mentioned it when he, he wrecked Ty Gibbs, uh, for whatever reason, uh, last week. Um, and then when I've been around him too, I've I've just seen him get on some people's nerves. Let's just, let's just say, leave it at that. Um, and so, you know, it, it just takes time to learn, and and you're gonna learn that these races are really long, and you got you know it's give and take at times of the race, and you know again he he is he is young, it he will learn. It just will take uh, you know a fair amount of time to. To, for for him to get there. Where do you stand on the the payback that we saw on track? Yeah, I mean, I'm so I'm so torn on it. Um only because I think what happened to Corey was so wrong. You know, I I I think in in general what Corey did was wrong. It wasn't wrong except for in that situation. It's the end of the race. Um, you've got Grant's got this thing in the bag. It's I think it was three laps to go or something. 
yeah, it, it altered the race. It obviously altered the championship. You know, I don't know. It's tough for me to be hard on him because I, I, I sympathize with him because the guy had it in the bag and he got it taken away from him. You know, it's the head banging part of this sport of like, he did everything he was supposed to do correctly. And the, and he ended up crash because someone chose not to race him fairly. And so he gets defined on whether he won a championship because of somebody else's decision, not his. And I don't, I'm talking about Corey Heim. Yeah. And so he's pissed off in the moment, right? And he's like, I'm not waiting till next year. Next year, I, my emotions ain't going to be what they are right now. And so I'm, I'm you know, did, did he mean to bring out a caution? I don't know. But he definitely meant to run him up the racetrack. There's no doubt about that. Right. It's funny because, you know, this situation may not have turned out the same. But if Corey Heim kept this car on the racetrack and didn't destroy his own truck, he could have had a chance to still win the championship. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> With the way everything Yeah, I was out. watching how it was going to play out, and he was done. Um, yeah, he he would have had to pit. It, it just, he he was done. The the other two, Ben Rhodes and... If he didn't take the right side <sighs> off his truck in that caution, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but he was going backwards. Like, he wasn't able to keep up with any of those guys anyway. Like, he was already the third guy in championship line. Right, it just the way it turned yep. out. It's like if if your truck was on the track, you had mm-hmm. a chance. And this is yeah. his last <laughs> chance to pay back Carson. Yeah, ah, that's true too. I didn't think about that. Yeah, because because Carson's moving on, right? And right. he's not. Yeah, I don't know. That just seems like an an off which the that's track. backwards, by the way. What? Nothing. Just making comments. Um. Yeah. So you had Ben Rhodes. Ben Rhodes is your truck series champion. I don't know who saw that coming. I, I with all due respect to Ben Rhodes, I, I, I didn't, he was invisible. I, he didn't have a whole lot going on this year. Um, but he, he won the race that it mattered and he's the champion again. And we got the great, to see the, the great Ben Rhodes presser after, um, What's interesting is they said he goes from being totally sober out of the truck to 10 minutes later, absolutely hammered in the media center. Uh, and so I guess that happens between the transport, transportation of Ben between the car and the media center. Or what, when does it get champagne in victory lane? Oh, he, he just kills it. They said they moved his, his barn appearance to after the press conference. So he knew that and just went all in on the champagne, the victory lane champagne. Before they did the barn, and then he they moved. Uh, if I got this right, they moved last year when he won the or two years ago when he won the truck championship. They, he went to the barn first, and then the media center, which is why he was so hammered. But this year they changed it to put the barn after his media center, and he heard that they did that, so he just got hammered in victory lane on the mm. on the champagne. Gotcha. You know, it's so interesting. I hear you saying the the barn. Like we're listen talking about the spots that we're gonna watch the F one race when we're in Vegas. Uh huh. Could you imagine one of those? Hey, we can watch in turn four at the barn. <laughs> like it's just the lingo. It's just so different. And yeah, you know, the, paddocks and it's just different. It's just different. Um, but yeah. So I, that was interesting. It just it goes to a bigger, wider question in my mind uh, because you know I don't want to jump too far ahead, but. 
it was very similar to Blaney's in the sense of, I mean, Blaney was more dominant in the round of eight um, than, say, Ben Rhodes was, where he was kind of more surviving and, and you know, getting the best out of his day. And then just when, you know, um, well, I guess he didn't win the race, right? No. And then he ran well at Phoenix and he won championship. Same with Blaney, right? It's, you got to just be good at Phoenix now. I mean, is that the new riddle to winning a championship? You got to be good the final four races. You got to get to the round of eight and then just be good the final four races. It appears that riddle works. It's just focus on a couple races. Well, think about this. Ford this year won eight cups, five Xfinity, six trucks. They had all three championships. I don't know. I mean, I just think that it's why we were talking about Blaney is uh, he's going to be the fastest. It just historically, that's been a really good Penske track and they did it. <laughs> they did it. I mean, if you take them to, uh, I don't know, somewhere else, I mean, maybe it's a different outcome, but he was, I mean, he was good at all the, tra- he was good the last five races, like legit, like yeah, he was very really good. fast, like out of the blue. And so it was it was a game changer when he showed up in the round of eight and really last couple uh, races of the round 12, like he was starting to come on. And the next thing you know, it's, whoa, where'd he come from? You know, we even talked about on the show. I don't think he has the speed. I think he's I, not him personally. I just the cars had not shown any speed. And what's interesting is the 22 has not shown any speed. Like there's usually not a gap between the two so it's he just either stepped up his game and got a lot better or the cars got better or whatever it was it it, the last five races won in the championship yeah listening to the teardown this morning i guess the last shout out for that show this season um was reminded that earlier in the playoffs joey had said you know we just want to hang around long enough until we figure it out yeah what i mean whatever they figured out they gained a ton in a very, very short amount of time. Well, that's the goal, right? It's just hang around in the playoffs, make it from advance through the rounds. And if you're not good in the round of 16, mm-hmm. maybe you'll figure it out by the round of eight. So it's like what I was talking about with the 12 and the five and the 42 and the 11 in, in trucks. They're trying to delay the inevitable to maybe catch a break. And, and, and so that's what you're saying is what Joey was talking about is that we're just trying to hang around long enough for something good to happen. And it did. And it did. And Joey didn't make it, but the 12, I, I don't know why Joey didn't make it. I, I'm more than likely had a bad race or two, uh, finish bad. But usually you can make it to the round eight of eight by still being just solid. You know what I mean? You don't you don't have to be great in the in the round of twelve to make eight. You you gotta be just pretty solid. Yeah. You got to just not suck in the round of 16, be solid in the round of 12, not have anything happen to be, you. You got to be you got to be great in the round of 8 and then the final race. But, you know, it's apparent to me personally, and I hate to jump too far ahead. But like if people say, "Well, how are you going to win a championship next year?" I'm like, "I just I got to run better at Phoenix." Yeah, I'm, I mean, you I mean, got to run better get, at the, the round of 8. You run good through the round of eight. Well, we ran good enough. We we ran good enough to make it. 
the mechanical sure. failure kept us from making sure. Well, but I'm, inc- then, I'm, I'm including that. But it doesn't this. matter unless me, the 11 team, gets better at Phoenix. It doesn't matter. Again, I we can we can win 35 races. It it doesn't matter. You, you if you're not really really good at Phoenix, it, none of this matters, right? Correct. So, so do you up how much like sim time and stuff on Phoenix in the off season? Yeah, what's the what's the recipe to getting better specifically? I mean, at Phoenix? you, you, you got to figure it out. Um, there's there's different ways you can work on it, but I mean, like I look in general, and I mean, Truex was somewhat up front, but it was we just weren't that strong, um, generally speaking. Like even Cibel didn't qualify his normal, you know, and and in the race he was. He was okay. You know, I was watching plenty of SMT, and the 12 is still stronger, much stronger than he was in the long run. Um, so it was going to be difficult. So I, I just, it's interesting. I mean, we, we knew this, the format. We've always known this format, but it was just, this is the first year that, in my opinion, the Ben Rhodes and the Ryan Blaney's were, they just got good in the last couple races and won the championship like they got i mean when i say good they got great they didn't get good they got great and and won and so can you just hang around and and get past some of these summer races and whatever and just win it in the end it's it appears that methodology works i i don't know i mean it's hard to count on that but um it worked for those guys and and certainly, you know, I, I, I can't find the account, but there was a, a really good count on X that shows, like, the stat leaders in all these different categories. And you see, like, the general, like, I saw the truck series. It's like Corey Heim leads most of this, and Carson Hosfar led a little bit of this category. Like, you kind of see all of it, and then it's kind of, you see who was really up front the entire year, and and you never saw Ben Rhodes on any of it, which was crazy. Like it, and I don't even remember how he made it to the round of eight. I think he didn't he have a different strategy or something at Homestead. I think he had a different strategy. Yeah, and then it worked out. He made for it him. by a couple of points, if I'm yeah. remembering correctly. Because I they were they really weren't very good on speed, but they just had a different strategy. They got in, and next thing you know, they survived that mess of a race and and won the championship so it's a head scratcher for me for sure i clearly have not figured out this riddle um and it it all seems to boil down to you got to have you know good luck at the end you know you you can't have a bad race in the round of eight and you got to be great at phoenix and that's what made blaney in our eyes the favorite going in there he just he's historically has been great there and penske has and it showed up once again that it you that favored that one team. Yeah, Ben Rhodes squeaks into the championship four with strategic call at Homestead is the headline. So, <laughs> and now he's your champion. It's it's just keep your keep crazy, your day alive. I mean that goes crazy back, sport, man. We'll be talking about this uh, soon enough with Daytona, but that goes back to your philosophy on blocking, right? It's just keep your race alive yeah. as long as possible. You don't know what could happen. Mm-hmm. Is Coke Zero Sugar the best Coke ever? I know that's a bold question, 
but it's got that irresistible taste to back it up. Well, one thing's for sure, when you've got an irresistible match like zero sugar and zero calories, something sensational is bound to happen. It's like when me and my co-host Jared team up to make a podcast. It's too bad you can't taste with your ears because Coke Zero Sugar tastes so amazing, it's hard to put it into words. But hey, that's my job, at least on Mondays. You have to taste it for yourself. Coke Zero Sugar, the best Coke ever. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh, well, we skipped over the Xfinity race. No, well, we didn't because I didn't really go into the cup race quite yet, but we're getting there. Um, So... Cole Custer wins Xfinity. Uh, hats off to all the Xfinity competitors. Way to finish that race. Way to do a good job uh, racing it out. Um, I thought that John Hunter was in a really good position to win that race. Um, I thought he just overdrove turn one, and that's why he went straight. I, I didn't see any flat tires or anything like that. Um, I don't know. It. I wasn't in the car, so it's, it, it's tough for me to say, but it look like just went too deep uh slid up the racetrack and then he got in the got in the loose stuff outside the groove and uh lost some positions but you know then you saw a great i think it was two or three wide into turn three everyone overdrove the corner uh algeyer he was in there he overdrove the corner he got up too high cole custer overdrove the entry but was able to pull it down on the exit and, uh, you know, it, it, you could argue the best car won. It was close between him and John Hunter, who had the fastest car. It looked like they were tit for tat pretty much the entire event. Um, then it was kind of Justin Allgaier. Then it was Sam Mayer. Uh, but Cole Custer, really happy for him. Um, you know, he's, he's a really good guy. And he uh, tried to cut his teeth in, in, the, in the Cup Series. And he had some success. I think he won in his rookie year. Um, but it just kind of went downhill from there. I mean, you can, you know, it was, it's really tough to say now in retrospect, now that we've had a little time, like, did he just, you know, was it him or not? Um, I think he's going to get his, his spot back in the Cup Series um, sooner than later. Uh, certainly his results in the Xfinity Series, and much, as much as he's proving himself, um, I deserve, he, he probably deserves that. And uh, so he gets to enjoy this Xfinity win, uh, as he should. Uh, him him and John Hunter, you know, you feel like we're just the most consistent. <clears throat> I mean, Justin Allgaier was really strong as well the second half of the year. Uh, but those three, you wanted to see one of, those, one of those three really win the championship just because I thought that they were the most dominant the entire year. And more than likely, if you saw this big old giant stat column, of all these different stats of laps led and driver ratings and and top fives, top tens, wins, they're going to take up the bulk of the page uh, on that. And so uh, it, it's good to see that that, uh, that Cole was able to bring that home. And great to see Tony in, in there and how, how excited he was as well that, uh, that Cole won it. And this kind of goes back to 
um, drivers where if it, you know, it doesn't work out in the cup series on your, your first go around, if you drop back down to a lower series and win races, right. And keep your name on the map, you'll likely get that second chance. You're going to see it yeah. with John Hunter. And like you said, it seems like it'll be inevitable for, for, for Cole Custer one yeah. of these days. Yeah. And that's what it's designed to do. Right. And is Xfinity is kind of the, the stepping stone to, to cup. Uh, the cars don't relate as much as they used to for sure. Probably the, uh, truck series is a little bit more equal in how you drive them, uh, to what a next gen car is. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is, you know, it's considered the second tier series and, um, Cole Custer finally gets his championship there. Uh, cup series on Sunday, as I think Travis pointed out, Ford sweeps the weekend. Swept it uh, out of nowhere, <laughs> out of nowhere for sure. Um, but I thought that the race kind of played out how it looked like practice was going. Um, even though we did have an extended practice that this weekend, the 12 car had the most speed. Um, it seemed like then it was kind of the 20. And I thought that the 24 and the five were going to lack a little speed. Uh, I think you had even seen in um, William Byron's comments or someone at Hendricks comments um, about the lower downforce package. They don't, they're not as good, you know, their, their cars aren't as good. They're, they don't have as much speed, um, you know, just outright speed and, and long run speed. And I think that that kind of showed up on Sunday. I thought that, uh, the 12 was methodical making his way to the front. It was a matter of time before he got there. If he ever controlled the race, it was going to be a snoozer. Cause I think, I mean, I challenging, I, I, I believe it was already challenging, from from what I hear, <laughs> passing for the lead, um, but I think that he was by far the best. Uh, the five car just really lacked long run speed. That's kind of their Achilles heel. It seems like um, is that they've got such fast speed at the beginning of runs. This is just generally speaking, not just about Phoenix. That you know they struggle with long run speed. That's more than likely Larson pushing the car you know, to its absolute capability, which makes them so lightning fast. Um, but eventually something has to wear down and, and it's usually the tires that do that. Um, but you know, I, he put up a great effort, a valiant effort trying to hold off what was the fastest car of the weekend, which is the 12 of Blaney. Uh, the 24 made it out on pit road. Didn't he take the lead like two or three times on pit road? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I see this both ways, but you know, there's such, there's a long gap between the camera at the end of pit road and then where the uh, yellow line is, where they stop, uh, where pit road speed ends. Do we have to give the number one pit box that big of an advantage? Like I'm wondering, you know, it's such a big race. Why do you, if we had another champion decided on pit road, is that, really i mean i guess it's it is a team sport so it, it is so you want to give the pit crew guys a chance and right and it's up to the driver and the team to keep putting themselves in position for the for the for the pit crew to put them out first right well it's, but it, it is a considerable time difference in having the number one stall versus having you know the fifth stall right whatever well, it, might be. It, it's funny you say that not that he had the first stall but 
but Larson had said, you know, he wanted more pit stops. He wanted to to pit more often because he knew his pit crew was so good that he could gain those spots he couldn't gain on track on pit mm-hmm. road. However, ultimately, the guy who did come out on pit road first on the final caution was not the winner right. of the race. Right, which that's why we saw a great battle there, right? Is that, it, you know, we, I think we kind of knew that the 12 team had definitely gotten better, but I just didn't think that they had the all-out all speed that the 24 and the 5 had. The 5 had most top-end speed, I felt, I felt like. The 24 most solid, like fast and solid. And then, you know, then the 20 and the 12 after that. And it kind of played out that way. And, you know, like Larson's saying, that's why they love cautions, right? They love cautions because they're going to gain spots on pit road, and then it fits their cars handling characteristics as well, which is to be fast on the short run. So they're always going to want more cautions, more cautions, um, because it, it, it just fits kind of their MO of what their bread and butter is. Um, same with the 24. I, he, once he got out of the lead, I, it, it appeared he wasn't really that strong, um, but he just had the track position and was able to keep it. Um, and, and his pit crew just kept giving him, more and more chances, which that really is how the regular season played out as well, is that, you know, he would just keep himself in the top five. And, you know, again, he he led a lot of laps too. Let's not discredit that. He led, I believe, over a thousand laps this year. But then the pit crew would just put him out front and then boom, he he'd check out and be gone. So it's definitely that number one stall is a a huge, huge advantage, especially in today's next gen racing where it's very, very difficult to pass. Um, so I'm wondering to you know level this thing out. They've leveled everything else out. Why not level out the, the camera on, on pit road to make it so where one car doesn't have that big of an advantage over the rest of the field rolling down pit road? Is there something to um, these mechanical failures that Toyota had down the stretch that kind of took away their championship hopes this year? I think it was more of a coincidence than anything, you know, because the, the the two things don't even remotely relate with my steering issue. And um, then I'm throwing Truex's blown engine in there too. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a good point. Um, no, it is coincidence still because they're all different. Uh, but yeah, it's, it certainly played a role <laughs> in the, in the last three races. Right. Uh, so I think that um, it's certainly not ideal. You know, we don't know. I don't know personally whether, you know, that was a setup issue with the 20 or a driver too much brake issue. I, I don't know. Uh, but, it you know, if it blows a rotor out, then it's too hot. So um, it got too hot somehow, some way. Uh, what's, what's usually the reason a brake rotor gets you too know, hot? You know, usually it's... You know the, the the front of the car is taped off too much, uh, so they're not having enough air cooling it. But I heard them mention that the twenty was wide open on that. Um, I think even TV mentioned that the 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 openings were wide open on the twenty car. So then it could be, um, what would be the next thing? Is that uh, a lot of right front brake bias or something? I, I'm not. Who knows? You know, there's just could be a lot of different factors into it. It could be setup. It could be brake package, a lot of things. But either way, blown rotors come from too much heat. Um, so, you know, there's not too much hidden there. And so, 
you know, who it, it certainly was a bad break for for Seabell. Uh, he's doing everything that he can. He's making his way towards the front. He's kind of following the 12's footsteps a little bit through the field. And, well, the 12 got around him, I believe. And then, you know, he was following him through there. But, you know, I think the best car of the day won won the race. and Well, they didn't win the race. When they, they won the championship of the best five. I'm sorry, the best four cars. Um, and really, for the first time since we did it in Homestead, we had a new winner win the race that didn't wasn't part of the Final Four in Chastain. So, uh it's just, yeah, it speaks to the level of how equal these cars are. And if you get out front, you can aero block. We saw Blaney and and uh, Chastain's comments after the race just kind of, you know, Blaney, you know, Blaney, uh, he says a lot on the radio <laughs> when he's racing. Uh, if things don't go his way, it's uh, he, he certainly gets upset uh, pretty quickly, but you know, he's upset because he feels Chastain is backing him up to the five car, which is coming. So while Chastain's probably just doing whatever he can to maintain the lead right. and arrow blocking him, I mean, that's how that's how much of an advantage it is to be out front, is Chastain is able to slow his car down enough to swerve through the corners and the second place guy who runs the optimum line still cannot pass him. Pass him because the minute he swerves into into the wake and creates a wake for the twelve, the twelve instantly loses so much grip that it he backs him up. Right? Is that um, a one hundred percent reality though? Because I mean, Blaney drove around Larson, which looked you know fairly routine. Um, so if Larson could do the same thing that Chastain did to keep Blaney behind him, then why wouldn't he? It just seems like that Chastain was probably just a little faster than Blaney. Or Blaney wasn't fast enough that he was going to just roll around him easily. Well, I was right. watching the lap times. He was easily two to three tenths faster than him. And so in then, short track terms, not let me be let me break this down elementary. In short track terms, in in Phoenix races like a short track. Yep. Um Two or three tenths is a mile faster, and still you can't get around. Like so you're not going to get a half a second faster. It's impossible. The cars are too equal. I don't care. I don't care if you put the left front spring in the right front. You're not going to. So then, why could Larson not keep Blaney behind him? Because Larson made a mistake steering left. He he first he opened up the bottom. Well, he, he ran the bottom of turns three and four. Blaney gets run on the top. So Blaney's got to run. Larson sees that, oh, he's coming with the run. I'm going to cut low and cut distance here to not let him get beside me. Well, in doing that, he let the 12 get beside him on the outside because Larson himself, while steering abruptly off of turn four, got himself loose, and then it lost him momentum to allow the 12 to get to his outside. And then it was blouses after that. The dad even shows, Bozy tweeted out a graphic. Blaney was the fastest car on the track for much of the last 30 laps. Uh, well, the previous 30, and then the final 10, they were all kind of even then. Yeah, well, once once he had caught, you know, once they all get within a certain distance of another car, all the times level out. Um, you know, AJ, it was interesting in practice. I, I got caught behind AJ in the first run of practice, and he might have been the 30th worst car, and I 
I couldn't pass him. I, I was just stuck for the entire first run behind him. And man, it it's just the the wake. It's not the wake. It's the tire horsepower ratio, all that stuff that is making for the passing to be so difficult. Um, which is why we saw Chastain, who was really fast in the short run. He had some good long run speed too, um, but was able to hold off Blaney for as long as he did during the middle stages of that race. What Ross did is that, in your mind, fair racing? Yeah, I think he's racing for a win. I think I think it is fair. Um, it's 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 unfortunate because it could play a role in the five catching the 12 because inevitably if you are the leader and you're holding up traffic, right. Everyone's going to come to you. And, uh, what it then allows is that the 12 is going to burn up his stuff, trying to get around the one. And then the five will creep his way in the back end of the picture and then could put a move on him Uh, if his stuff is cooler because he's been in open track while he's been catching them. Um, so, but you know, you got to, think of this from Chastain's perspective he's had a rough an exception of a one race you know up until this point in Nashville it just is he's not been the Ross that we've come to know right and then so he finds himself up front because of you know they were fast on practice they qualified well and they they drove to the front and he's like well I could win the finale this is a big deal right you're not gonna pull over no no way he's pulling over which is why he arrow blocked as hard as he did and so it won on the race so how can you possibly say that that move was wrong you you can't um it's just if if the final four are going to continue to be out there with other cars you got to deal with this and there's this is part of it that's why you don't have four cars out there racing at once you know the other cars play a factor in sometimes who wins i think it also helps make this race more exciting too because you had, I mean, you had Harvick up there, so you, it's mm-hmm. not just those four races, and there's a little more to it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it usually is one of the final four guys that wins the race. There's a lot that goes into that. Sometimes it's because the teammates of those final four cars just let people go, let their teammates go. Um, that makes always makes for it to be quite a bit easier to find the final four in there, and then you know the the final four cars for a long time were you know a little different than what their regular season cars were <laughs> a little different they were just a little different um they're just you know quarter panels were a little longer spoilers are a little higher you know it just there was just a lot of work that got done to them um back when we had gen six cars but not with this car as we've seen that it's all equal everyone's got an equal shot to win this final race and we had a non-playoff guy do it what do you make of uh Chastain's attitude after the race, just kind of owning it that I don't care if he's mad, you know, I was racing for a win. Yeah. I, I agree with what he said. Um, yeah, I I would, I'd probably say the same thing. I mean, it's not my job to care about your championship. You know, they put me on the track today to go win a race. And so I did my job. That's, that's probably the right attitude to have. Uh, as you mentioned, Kevin Harvick's last race. Yeah. Um, yeah, bittersweet because, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to not get emotional about this as well, because I, I see how much it means to Harvick and when he has his family around and everything, um, they do the tribute videos. I mean, you just can't help, but like, 
know that how much this means to this particular person, right? And, you know, Kevin, to be as competitive as he was when his team was having somewhat of an off year, Stuart Haas did not win any races this year, to still be as competitive as he was in his final year at age 48 is absolutely amazing. Um, he is a unicorn driver uh, to sustain the level of performance that he had for 47. over... 47. Kevin's only 47. He's only 47. He's about to turn 48 then. Because I remember his contract went through till he's 48. Yeah, his birthday is December 8th. So oh, okay. In a month from now, he'll be 48. Okay. He's basically 48 years old. It's just unbelievable. He, to, I mean, you can't list all of his accomplishments. It's just, you know, he was a team owner. He was a guy that if he raced on Saturday in the Xfinity Series, he was going to win. He, you know, had a truck team. It's just, uh, he gave so much back to the sport on and off the racetrack. And he gave a lot to the, the drivers and, and was a great leader for the drivers. Um, I mean, I think it'll be a substantial loss again for, for the series. I mean, is it going to be, you know, a loss like a, you know, the Dale jr. Or Jeff Gordon had, um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of Harvick fans out there. So, um, I don't know. You just hope that they latch on to, to someone new. Um, but he's a he's one of the last last Winston Cup guys. Uh, he is the last Winston Cup guy that, that we had in our series. Kurt Busch, Kurt. It was him and Kurt Busch that was one, uh, one and two. And so, uh, yeah, just want to say happy retirement. Uh, he's still going to give back to the sport by being part of the TV. Um, I tell you, he can he could really improve that Fox booth a ton. I think he will push them to be better. Um, you know, from what we've seen, NBC, the Fox, the the big variation in the production that the two have and how much one is really into the nuts and bolts and explaining everything, whereas the other just kind of talking um, about some stuff. It's just like there's a lot to be gained there in the Fox booth, and I think that Kevin will will push everyone to do that and be better. So I'm excited to see how that turns out for sure. Um, you got a great base there, um, and so I think that uh, you know there, there's there's going to be something good that's really going to happen from that. It's going to be kind of like Tony Romo. I know he's kind of polarizing with fans, but he went straight from like playing to the booth. So Kevin's the first next gen driver to be an analyst. Yeah, that'll and so be he'll helpful. be able to provide a perspective that that's yeah. not there. Yeah, that'll be helpful. Uh, again, I think. You know, Fox definitely could be more technical and kind of their explaining of stuff, uh, but he will help with that. He, he no doubt will help with that, and uh, I think he's going to push Boyer and and those guys all to be better. Um, Mike Joy, he's a great anchor um, for that for that program. So it's uh yeah they they're certainly uh, you know he's not he's not gone he's not going to disappear from your TV, uh, but we're certainly going to miss him on the racetrack. Uh, he was a tough guy. I mean, he he certainly didn't you know, give you anything. Um, he took more than he gave, that's for sure. But that's what made him Kevin Harvick, and and he was just uh, just a great great guy, great guy. I got to know him a little bit um, when I was kind of vetting 
uh, Kurt Busch, uh, and kind of debating on on hiring him at the time. I, I had lunch with Harvick and asked about him, and Harvick, we got to talking about some different stuff and, and certainly gained a lot of respect for him. And we had some run-ins earlier in, in our career. Uh, they were both before we both had kids, and I think that we both changed a little bit after we had after we had kids. But um, it, was, it was fun. It was fun to compete against them. The 4-11 and 11 team for the longest time had this – you know, friendly rivalry. I mean, yeah, two of the, I mean, there's a handful of Harvick things up on the wall here, right? I don't think so. You got the pie behind you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You got the Hans. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, Yeah, so it, it's, uh, it, we, we definitely got to tip our hat to Kevin. Uh, thank you for all you've done, and we'll be seeing you soon. And, uh, yeah, good luck to the, uh, the four team. Um, they got Josh Berry coming over there and, uh, there's going to be a lot, a lot of changes over there in that organization that, uh, hopefully get them going back on the right track. 2311 ends their season and both cars finish inside the top 10. Yeah. We had two drivers in the top 10, which is, you know, a big deal for us. I mean, that's, uh, you know, certainly we wish it was on the owners as well, uh, with the 23 car, but you know, Bubba for the second season in a row, drove a car to the top 10 in the playoff system. So, um, yeah, great job. They continue to get better. Uh, I mean, that's another thing, right? Is that just, you know, that doesn't happen unless Bubba makes the playoffs, right? Driving to the 10th spot. Uh, yeah, he was in the like 14th, 15th in the driver points anyway, before the reset for the playoffs. Right. But we had winners like, like, I don't know where Ricky was or who else made the playoffs. McDowell. Uh, McDowell you know, they were further back mm-hmm. in the points than than Bubba was. But they they had a with the win in your end, it's you don't have to you just gotta win. Right. You got twenty six chances to win to put yourself in the playoffs. Um I mean Bubba finished ahead of Trix in points in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean Trix had a rough one. For I sure. just mean it's one of those things, right? Like you, you just until you stay around till you get hot, and then mm-hmm. you had a, a good he final had, ten I, weeks this season. I, I think he had a solid ten weeks. I think he ran about like he did during the regular season, honestly, where he you know had some top fives and some top tens, and that's kind of what they were for the most part of the whole year. And he just continued that through the playoffs. So it's really a good thing that. Um, you know, how they performed. They were very consistent. Um, that team got better on pit road this year. Still got some improvement to make. Uh, I think both of our teams for our first endeavors uh, as as having our own pit crews, you know, that was uh, – we didn't lose any ground. You know, we still got room to improve and get better and get faster. Uh, but we thought that we eliminated a lot of mistakes, big mistakes this year. Still had some with the 45 car that kept him from victory lane a few times, but it's part of the growing process. It's why this takes five years and not three. Um, so I'm really happy with you know the the, the strides that 2311 has made. Uh, we're two months away from being in our new headquarters. You've probably seen it off I-77 where 485 meets. Uh, that you can't miss it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for the future of that team and and what it can accomplish. Um, Still rooting for it to finish second every week to me, but yeah. <laughs> one, one one thing to highlight here, 
<clears throat> with Bubba's final 10 races that he only qualified outside the top 10 once uh, yeah, after not, Daytona. Nine weeks in a row, I think he said. He yeah. told, I think I only, heard. Only time they qualified outside the top 10 was Darlington. Uh, they wow. were 19th. But after that, they were in the top 10 every race. They had just tremendous speed off the truck. Both Both cars did. When they were going to practice, they were like P1, P3 every single week so they they were definitely on kill um it seemed like they struggled to keep up with the racetrack as weekends go on just a little bit um and you know this is just from a kind of a dumb outside perspective of like without digging into the numbers and really seeing what's what like it just appeared that you know the the field caught up uh throughout the weekend uh sometimes but man they're they got fast cars they're they're driving them fast and super happy with that whole team and what they're what they're doing over there so um man they're gonna have a great place to work here in a couple months and we'll see what we'll see what happens we can't end this show without um a final hot button topic which is going to be nascar unlikely to finalize charter agreement until new tv deal is complete yeah i mean I don't know. I mean, I think that there's progression being made on that. Uh, there's some things I don't, don't necessarily agree with. Um, I mean, the TV media deal is likely to fall in a very general range. Um, why we can't get a deal done before that, I'm not sure, because it's just one part of gross revenue. Um, I don't know. It just seems like it shouldn't have taken this long. We 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 tried for... 18 months to uh you know get this ball rolling much sooner but we just really couldn't get anywhere and um but it seems like you know things are starting to move in the in in a direction now uh a little bit better but certainly it's late in the deal and uh probably we'll have to uh it'll probably go into next year i would i would guess because i think the the i think the exclusive uh, time to renew is like December 31st. If we don't renew by then, then they expire, the charters expire, or we, we get some sort of an extension to have a longer negotiating period. So you would race next season and the charters would not be permanent? Potentially? Oh, they're not. We don't have permanent charters now. What I'm saying is that they would expire at the end of this year, then we right. would have to race next year. And then lose them the following. Got it. So it's like a lame duck year. Okay. So there's still there's, but there's you still get money from them next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would have to. Yeah, they'd have those obligations for sure. But we would also have the obligation to to come race and to get to get that. Um. Yeah, it's just it's certainly later in the game than it needed to be. Um, I, I think that, uh, uh, the framework set to kind of keep these talks going in the off season and hopefully we come to something soon. Dear Denny, what do you have planned for the off season and do you get a little time to yourself? Um, I do get some time to myself. I'm going to take more vacation time. Um, this year by far the most busy year that I've had. Uh, with the podcast and the and the race team, and I got family. I've got to drive. I've got just so much on my plate, week in, week out. I will be taking time off. I'll, I'm gonna go somewhere for Christmas instead of 
having everyone here and you know just gonna try to get away a little bit um i've got some recovery to do uh physically i've got to get uh i gotta get some stuff fixed um it's just part of normal maintenance for me on the off season like what surgery are we having you know it's like uh pretty pretty on the regular at this point but um once we get that stuff fixed i think i I'll certainly will be better and uh ready to ready to get going for 2024 20, um i i People ask uh, this weekend, I think in a Q&A, you know, what do you do during the offseason? Or do you like to do, you know, some people like to go race, right? You might be going racing a late model or something like that. And I just learned for me personally a long time ago, you know, my best way to get rejuvenated to keep doing this, after, you know, 20 years into this. To is, not race? Is to not race. Yeah, I, I don't, I have no connection to racing in the offseason. It doesn't mean I don't like to watch like the Snowball Derby uh, which will be on Racing America, by the way. Um, I like watching the Snowball Derby. You got the Fall Broad Hickory. Yeah, I just like late mile stock stuff um, that I, I tune into. Um, and so, yeah, for me, it's not seeing any race cars or anything for a while is, is what I need. Uh, what are you going to do? I don't have any major plans yet. I'm looking forward to uh boone in north north carolina the mountains creating some fake snow so i can go snowboard at least once a week oh are you gonna relocate up there or are you just gonna tra- travel back and forth <laughs> just probably travel back and forth you haven't found a van down by the river yet i have not found a, a van yet i'm waiting for you to get done with your sequoia out here mm. um so i can just take that and rip all the seats out and remodel it so those who don't <laughs> know jared is um He's he's really taken this granola thing quite far. Um, you're you're wanting for what to, it's worth. You're I, wanting to live out of your vehicle, no, I, right? I said I would like to have a vehicle where it's possible to live out of. Wow, and 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 then I be- just want to it, at some point in the next however many years, <laughs> I just want to like drive around the West, the desert for like three to four weeks. But you want to stay in the desert, like. <clears throat> Yeah, like go from like I don't know down okay. in Arizona up to that's cool. I you're a, you're a traveler. Yeah, I just want to do that and live out of my vehicle. First of all, you save so much money on hotel costs, and <laughs> and, and you don't even need to buy soap, right? You just buy one. <laughs> sh- I'm just saying, either shampoo or body wash, either will get it done for you in this situation. All right. So, would you rather? We had this d- debate. You yeah. said that you don't need. I just body said, wash as long as you have shampoo. I just said I think the whole shampoo body wash debate is a little for the marketing. Like, you don't need both. Sure, you know, both is good. But you can get away with one or the other. All right, so would you rather have shampoo on your body or body wash on your hair? Shampoo on my body, 100%. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. It, <sighs> Jerry, do you still have like the three-in-one? No, like I'm just saying that if you, in a situation where you're, you're, you know, you're living out of a car and you need to consolidate space, a bottle of shampoo will do it for you for two weeks. It'll be all right. <laughs> all right. Well, good luck. Uh, I, yeah, it's... Um, we need to get Jared like a little mini TV series then. He travels out west for three weeks, get a little camera crew to follow him around. Yeah, yeah. a little, little vlog. That's all. Oh. He's already thought about it. Let me guess. This. You're planning your uh, NBC Olympic uh, two-week break to go out there? Well, well see, that's why I don't like that break. I actually do not like that break whatsoever. 
because there's no way i just don't think there's any way you could check you could go away and check out for two weeks so i would like to again you're still in season you're still in season there's still work to do yeah it's just not i just don't think it's possible to do that but you'd rather have a longer off season correct i would like the same way i would like the one week in the in the in june or whatever to go do a trip wherever and then i want an additional week Mm -hmm. in this winter break yep i'm with you i'm i'm a my perfect world our, our schedule would have probably 30 races um maybe not i mean not even 30 28 to 30 we're beginning of february and then probably mid-september yeah i mean yeah don't get me wrong i would love to shrink the schedule but if it is what it is i'd rather one extra week in the winter and just have that one week in the in in june or whatever okay well good luck holler if you need anything (laughs) (laughs) um anything else to wrap Uh, up this season of Axis Dutch, our very first season. What episode is this? Like 42, 43? I think it's 41, I think. I don't keep uh, track I'll of the numbers. The over on that. Yeah, I was I only supposed it. to do 40. Well, you had an extra one because you had an appeal to. Yeah, we episode. also did. A couple one. Had, emerg- had a few emergencies. We did one uh, in Michigan, too, when it rained. That oh, was yeah. an additional episode. Well, maybe maybe this off season we'll get back in here, cover some off season news. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Maybe. A, once every other I've month. Well, then, bam, yeah. we're back into racing season then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure come the, the banquet and all that in Nashville, we'll have something to talk about. Yeah. Um, I got a review here before we sure. before we finish up. The first rate, this is from A House Divided. Um, that is the username. The first race I ever watched was the 2019 Daytona 500. I instantly became a huge Toyota and Denny Hamlin fan. Now also a 2311 fan. Uh, Travis, this review says 23XL. I don't know if that's a mistake on your part. It's not XI. (laughs) Just for the fans, just letting y'all know when you say it, it's 2311. It's not XI. I know there's some confusion. Go ahead. After a year later, my wife started to like Chase Elliott. She doesn't really like racing, so she won't watch the race with me, but she always likes to know where Chase finishes. However, she loves your podcast, and we always listen together. We have listened to every single episode together since the first week. Thank you for giving us something we can bond over. So look at that, Denny Hamlin bringing people together. I've brought people together before. Remember when we had Denny Hamlin seats? You know, you get Denny Hamlin seats every weekend. I... I I there was a guy and there was a girl. They were both solo. Their seats were together, and they got married. <laughs> Bringing people together—that is most amazing. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, I used to have a, a kind of a sweepstakes. You know, win Denny Hamlin seats. Um, and yeah, there were two. We used to give away two seats, and there was two individuals that wanted a seat, and they just happened to both be single, met, fell in love, had a kid, got married. Happy ending. He also signed a marriage certificate at, at Martinsville. I did. I did. That, they were so excited, and I'm happy for them. Uh, I made sure I did ask them multiple times, are you sure, before I signed this? But, yeah, they, they, they had their marriage certificate and had me be their witness. It was awesome, right? Thank you. It was great, 11 fans. I want to say thank you to all the 11 fans this year. You guys have been awesome. Um, you know, N-Y... Oh, I don't N- know. N- we need a new hat. N- That's y- just NYI. New hat. O- F. 
I don't know. Why? More DH. letters. Yeah. <laughs> another letter. Next year, it's our f***ing <laughs> year. <laughs> another letter for another year. Um, I don't know. We're, we're working on it. So thank you all for tuning in this entire season. Uh, look out for some special emergency episodes during this off season. Me, I'll try to grab Jared from his granola adventures uh can to, you fly him back from out west it's gonna be it might be hard will to, you have reception to, to, like to how are we gonna one, you? to do one little check-in of like what's going on let's talk about some who's moving where you know there, there'll be a little news here and there but yeah uh thank you all for tuning in each and every week you know it's just been getting more and more uh, popular with you guys we're hearing it every weekend about people loving the podcast so keep tuning in we'll see y'all next season check out dirty mo media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.